This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Lucy May Dawson. Oh, hello. Hello, Lawrence. How are you today? I was just about to say I'm good but like then I thought back about like how I actually felt today and then yeah I'm a bit emotional weirdly this week Mm. I I feel that yeah it's been it's a fucking it's one of them goddamn weeks it is is that how you've been feeling yeah I had therapy (laughs) when you voice noted me about your therapy this morning I was like I had therapy too. (laughs) All the therapy stuff. Like I have been struggling with um, my body, my confidence um, this week because I really had this, I had this moment where last, just before my period, I took like a course of pessaries, like cannabalance pessaries for my BB. And I was like, this is going to be it. This is going to cure me. This is going to work for once. Um, Cause I haven't done like the full course of them without like having sex in between for ages. Mm-hmm. Is this the, like a and, doctor's um, course? No, it was like the over the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't antibiotics. It was just the, just the over the counter stuff. Oh, like the, yeah, the like and, the seven um, day course pessary thing that you can get. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that mm-hmm. and, um, I was, for some reason I was so hopeful. Mm-hmm. And then I had my period and um, I was like, when I finished my period, everything's gonna be great, la la la. And then my period finished and the BV came back for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And it just, it plummeted me into the worst mood this week because I was just like, how am I going to start dating new people? Like how, like people are going to think I'm gross. People are going to think I'm smelly. Like, (laughs) woe is me. People think I'm poo. Oh man. And it gets me in my feels about my ex as well. Cause I was just like, he understood my body and he was really nice about it and now I'm not gonna find anyone else that does that. That's not true. There are hundreds if not thousands of people out there that will understand. And it's so shit that our physical, like our mental health is so affected by our physical health, especially when it's something so intimate, like our vaginas. Mm. Yeah. When it's- Because I'm like, I wanna get out having sex with new people and then, Obviously I'm quite a sexual person. So I talk about sex and then I'm gonna be like, but then I'm like, oh, but like when it actually comes down to it, like, am I going to want to? Yeah, fuck. It, it, it really does turn your head up, like your world upside down. Any kind of injury, any kind of, especially when it's vaginal related, especially when it's like stomach related, there, it just makes you feel so shit because it's that embarrassing kind of shameful s- stigma, illness that makes makes yeah. you feel like you you can't talk about it because it's you get that weird guilt thing of it's like but it's so minor other people have worse things to deal with and they're okay but like this isn't fucking minor you know it doesn't matter whether somebody thinks you're drowning two feet 
or 20 feet you're still fucking drowning and this is important to you yeah you know as well and i was i was thinking if it was the other way around and i started dating a guy and then we had sex and he had a really smelly Mm -hmm. dick like would i continue dating him i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well this is where the fear comes from because yeah because i'm yeah you're projecting right you're thinking that mm -hmm. somebody like you wouldn't date them so somebody else wouldn't date you that would be, I mean, yeah, you're not going to date yourself, you know? And when you're in that situation, it might be completely different. You're imagining a future that hasn't happened yet. You're imagining uh-huh. a worse fear that hasn't happened yet. Think about if it was like the love of your life. If you had a smelly dick, you wouldn't give two fucks. You'd be like, well, let's sort this out together because this sucks. This is yeah. true. This is true. Yeah, yeah. I had like, in my therapy session, we had like a moment where we were talking to my vagina and like asking her how she feels and (laughs) I love I love this talk to your vagina I told I told my therapist I was like yeah yeah I've got this new vibrator who um who who, like when I use it when I use it like it's made my clit bleed a couple of times and he was just like wait hold up (laughs) he was like hold up Florence like he was like, if someone came up to you and started beating you up so much that you were bleeding, would you just stand there and take it and not react? Like, <laughs> and I was like, well, n- no. And he was like, well, you know, like, wait, your vagina's trying to tell you something. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? My light fell down. <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt your amazing therapy story. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> sorry about that, Florence. Fuck. So my pussy is trying to tell me something. Yes, especially- Tell me to respect her. <laughs> Listen to her. Don't beat her up. Don't drill into her with um, a massive fucking vibrator. Yeah, although, and you're right, a bleeding clip from a vibrator is a big no-go. That's like a red fucking flag from your fucking <laughs> vibrator. <laughs> Um, but if you if you've just said that you finished a big course of those pessaries, um, I know mm. that with especially thrush medicine and BV medicine, it can really affect the your skin in your vagina. Sensitivity. Every time I've had a course of um, something for thrush, if I've had sex afterwards, I'll bleed a lot, and it almost makes the the walls of your vagina a lot like thinner. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the same for your clip, but maybe it's affected it. Because, like, that's, Maybe, that's extreme yeah. for your vibrator to do that, to make your clip bleed. I mean, how many times are you fucking masturbating with it? Only once a night. Like, it's not, you know, sometimes in the morning. Yeah. But it's like, not abnormal, not, you know? That's, that's no, it's not abnormally loads. Um, but I guess the point was, is that I need to get back in touch with my body yes. and stop using machines to pleasure myself and, like, actually just, like, respect her get back in touch with my sexuality. And I'm also, as well as doing this, I'm gonna, um, I'm going on a bit of a journey. A pussy, with, pussy um, journey. With the, with the Yoni nutritionist. Yes. And she is helping me eliminate certain foods from my diet that are bad for my gut health and my microbiome in my vaginal flora stuff. Yeah, because it is all connected. It's yeah. just, and also, you know, it, 
it's all connected especially by the mind as well like if your mind's not in a great Mm -hmm. place other bits of you are just not going to be able to heal as quick and it's you're going to be what's the what's the term when you're like hyper hyper sensitive hyper aware of something so then you think about it more and then it becomes more i'm not saying that you're thinking about your bv coming back therefore it's coming back but like i mean i am i'm obsessive yeah i sniff my knickers when i go to the toilet every time Mm, not every time but like at least once a day to check yeah i'm sorry baby that's horrible you shouldn't have to go through that especially when you've been so fucking kind to your goddamn vagina but doing doing that little break um you've got to do what you think's right and having a break might be Mm -hmm. exactly what you need getting back down to your hands and to your roots and shit just you know yeah mindful masturbation yes because we fall into the addiction trap of okay it's bedtime need to come get the one buzz come put it back go to sleep and that's dangerous because you're not actually masturbating you're just it's almost like a an addiction come you're just getting it for like a dopamine rush when you don't actually need it exactly yeah so what's been going on with you (laughs) um Something similar, actually. I have, I'm, I'm having a bit of a break from my wand because it's so easy to fall into the buzz cum pattern. Um, yeah, buzz cum. It's come. literally just like a bzz, uh, okay, cool. That's it. Yeah, literally. Um, it's like, although I've even been finding it hard to, I've been having to really zone in on like a fantasy in my head yeah. to like get to the climax. Yeah fuck it's like when your mind's not really in it and i feel like that's when we we shouldn't really be masturbating is when we're masturbating because we feel like we have to but not because we're horny or because something turns us on it's just like oh it's that time of day again exactly like do this because it's going to help you yeah and that's not true because you've just got into the routine it doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. help you sleep you think it does um i think what was a couple of weeks or months ago my therapist told me to maybe not every night have have a wank and i've been doing that okay i mean most nights, i probably say about five times in a week i will wank but those two nights where i do just go nah, i don't need it and i make myself go to sleep really fucking hard at the start but they do make a difference i feel so much better and i feel like i have a happier healthier relationship with masturbation now that's really good um and i'm also look at us look at us fucking growing not so addicted to our ones anymore fuck um and i have been trying to use other toys as well so i i I did what you did i put my toys away and i was like no i'm gonna go back to my hand and then i was there for like half an hour like this is fucking bullshit this is not working i was like cursing my therapist like you fucking told me this would work and it's not working and i was so angry about it and i was like well fuck you and i just had such a tantrum and i got my wand out um and yeah. I have realised that, no, I don't want to put myself through that. I don't want to make my arm cramp up because I'm trying to reach an orgasm. It takes me so long, you know? I'd I'd rather do it with but a toy. But is it about an orgasm? That's probably the question. Whoa. We should be, like, getting all tantric up in this shit <laughs> and, like, yeah. getting, like, all the oils out, the lubes, the CBD lubes, and, like just like getting ourselves like super wet and just like massaging and like caring for our vulvas. I completely agree. I have such a better orgasm. You know, when you have those orgasms, like pew, that means you haven't warmed yourself up enough. 
Uh-huh. You need time to get in into your head, into that sexy space. The other night, I was yeah. like, okay, I'm not going to rush into it. And I like really, I lewed myself up and I really like played with my body. I was like stroking my thighs, stroking my body, like really getting yeah. into like the zone, trying to visualize, trying to imagine. And like the orgasm was so much better than just that quick robotic mechanical. Yeah. Bzz, uh, yeah, see, I haven't really had, I haven't really done that. I think I've been like uh, after the quick fix for so long now. I think it's when our mental health's in a bad place. We don't want to give ourselves that like actual care and self-love that we need. When, when our mind's in a bad place, we want a quick fix, an easy dopamine rush. Um, and yeah. then just to be like done with it. It's almost like disgusted with ourselves. Like, okay, fine, I guess I'll wag. Like, oh, like yeah. go to bed now, you disgusting pig. <laughs> Yeah, my therapist said something today. He was just like, as corny as it sounds, like you have to be your number one lover. Yeah, it is. It's corny, but it's so true. You have to fall in love with yourself and not put all of your love into somebody else because that's where codependency happens. And we can can go in waves. I'm definitely going through waves of like, I feel shit. I need my boyfriend to make me feel better. And that's so dangerous because if he's not in a good place and he can't make me feel better, I end up feeling worse and then angry at him. And he's like, why are you angry at me? And I'm like, you didn't make me feel better. You didn't give me my dopamine rush. And Mm -hmm. I need to give myself that. I can't rely on anyone to give me that. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. What a little therapy intro to the podcast. (laughs) Shall we get Lucy on? I think we should, before this, you know, turns into another three-hour podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So Lucy is a hot babe with a walking stick. This is what her Instagram bio says, which just sums it up perfectly. Had a rare brain disease, almost died, became disabled by accident, got a degree, became a model, laughed. It's just... It's just... (laughs) Perfect. I can't wait to talk to her, find out more about this, and also just her perspective on everything, body, positivity, life, relationships, and sex. Mm, absolute inspo. Oh my God. Hey Lucy, hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. How, how's your day been so far? Uh, it's been okay. It's been quite uh, hectic, but I'm excited. I've come curious. I'm ready to go. Oh, <laughs> oh baby! Yeah, we've That's already had <laughs> we've already had a bit of a mad start today with tech issues and everything. But you're here. We can hear you. Um, and yeah, we're so excited for for you being on our podcast because you've been such you're such an incredible inspiration and mm-hmm. just seeing how much like you've grown and how how you present yourself on your social media is is just incredible. Like, can you tell um, our curious fuckers a bit about yourself and who you are? Yeah, so I am Lucy Dawson. I'm 26 now, but when I was 20, I had a rare brain disease called anti-endomate receptor autoimmune encephalitis. But because it's me and it's a spicy story, it was misdiagnosed. And they actually told me and they told my parents that I was having a mental breakdown. So they sectioned me in a psychiatric ward for three months. And I'm sure everyone can guess, if you have a rare brain disease and it's not being treated, but on top of that, you're having this fictitious mental breakdown treated with drugs, etc. things are gonna get quite bad. <laughs> and they did get quite bad to the point that on my 21st birthday, uh, they said to my parents, 
look, she's going to die, and we don't know why, because people don't just randomly die of a uh, mental breakdown, but Lucy is. Um, and what? as a last-ditch attempt, we can give her electroconvulsive therapy, which is it's like shock therapy. Well, it is shock therapy, and, yeah. you know, people will probably picture that more being a much more prehistoric kind of thing, yeah. uh, which it is. Um, but in some cases today, it's used for really severe cases of depression, but the key is, if it's used, it has to be monitored so carefully and, uh, you know, in such a controlled environment, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mine wasn't. <laughs> oh so my. I had three rounds of ECT on my 21st birthday. And at that point, I was completely catatonic. So with the uh, brain disease, I'd gone from being like peak highs, like manic and eventually fallen off uh, and become catatonic, unable to feel my own body. And because it was an autoimmune disease, all my autonomic functions, like blinking, breathing, swallowing, were all just shutting off. So yeah, I was dying. Or or as I always say on TikTok, because you're not allowed to say dying, unaliving. (laughs) Um, Unaliving? You're not allowed to say you're dying on TikTok? (laughs) No, no, you'll get no views if you say that. You've got to say unaliving. (laughs) Oh my goodness um, gracious me. Yeah, my parents were told that I needed this shock therapy and I had it three rounds on my 21st birthday. And the miracle is that ECT is in no way a treatment for encephalitis whatsoever. And if the same situation occurred again in the same body on the same day, it most likely wouldn't work. It was a a miracle. Mm -hmm. And so that would be a great end to the story, wouldn't it? That would be just wonderful. But of course, it's me. So that's not what happened. So after the third round, they put me back on a ward bed, um, unattended. So no one was watching me 21 year old young girl who was now having these big seizures um, from the ECT because that's what it does. It triggers seizures in the brain. And that's how it ultimately reset my brain through these tonic clinic seizures. But they put me back on a ward bed with four pillows behind my head and no sides upon the bed. So of course I had a really big seizure and I fell out the bed because there were no sides up. And uh, next to the bed was a really big radiator pipe with no cage on it. And like I said, it was my 21st birthday. My birthday's towards the end of November. So the pipe was very hot. And then you add the other layer in where I was catatonic, couldn't feel my own body. So I just laid burning on this pipe. And ultimately, it burned all the way through my sciatic nerve, which is actually uh, sort of on your bum cheek. So um, that permanently paralyzed the bottom of my left leg. So so I've now had this new physical disability, which is paralysis in the bottom of my leg. But on top of that also, because of the brain disease, when I came round, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who my parents were. I couldn't speak. So anything above speaking, like writing, reading, doing makeup, cooking, anything, I could not do whatsoever. So I had to relearn every single thing from scratch as though I was a toddler when I was 21. As I say, I'm 26 now and we're trying. (laughs) Fucking hell, that's that's a traumatic fuck off story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so something I always say is, so they put me in the psychiatric ward. Well, they said I had a mental breakdown when I didn't. But yeah. by God, by the time they were done with me, do I have enough mental illness to last me a fucking lifetime? Right? Like, like, 
It sounds like, <laughs> to me, it's it's like a horror film. It's a, a like literal it's, yeah, horror it's, film. They need to make yeah. a film about you, with you starring. Yeah, so there's a, fil- uh, there's a film on Netflix called Brain on Fire, which is actually about a woman from New York who had the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. and she oh. was in for like a month. So when I came out and eventually was like researching and everything, I found mm. that and I watched it and I was like... That's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's me. And do you know what? Adding on to that as well, obviously, she was 21. Mm-hmm. It happened to her, young woman. I was 21. The more research I've done, it's such a gendered thing. The misdiagnosis, yeah. the implications of gender on it means that women, all the time, young women, she's hysterical, goes back historically. You know, there's yeah. even wow. papers written that even suggest today. that... Yeah, there's even papers that suggest women who were like uh, tried as witches in Salem and could have just been suffering from, from a disease like the one I had. And mm-hmm. I remember the first time I wrote that, like, my, my heart like cracked because you, you just believe it when you've lived yeah. it. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> it's it's really mad. I've been thinking a lot about um, how kind of like Western society and doctors and like the, the things that we go through as women are so under-researched mm-hmm. yeah. because we are women and they don't see it as important yeah, and, and that's why it like uh, conditions like endometriosis takes so exactly. long. Exactly, yeah. DS things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's just I can't. It, it's like it's so brain boggling that it's still happening today, and like yeah. we're living in this like modern like feminist society, and we're yeah. still dealing with the fallout that medical misogyny. That's what it is, and I think as well yeah, as that yeah. when you add on other layers as well, like other intersectionalities you can be a part of. It's it becomes even bigger so if you're black and a woman you're more likely to get worse treatment than I got you know it's yeah and how do we stop that it's how <laughs> please can't we <laughs> so yeah. how how are the symptoms from the disease to compared to like, having a mental health like a mental breakdown yeah. like why did they think it was that yeah so uh basically it can it, it's, it's where it sort of crosses over because mm-hmm. it can be things like hallucinations uh, personality changes, etc. But the the key thing is, in my case and in a lot of cases, so my parents picked me up um, from uni at six in the morning because my housemate mm. said I was sat in the middle of my bedroom floor. I'd ripped it to pieces and I was just shaking backwards and forwards with my eyes bulging. I couldn't say anything except her name. So her name was Bex. So I was just, Bex, Bex, like frantic. And so wow. from six that morning till half five they were driving around all different hospitals no one would take me in because i was a uni student so wrong postcode blah 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 so half five that evening and bear in mind i'd tried to escape out the car on the motorway and in the waiting room for hospital my mom had to sit on top of me to restrain me and they just took one literally took one look at me and said she's had a mental breakdown no tests and the thing is no one in my family had any history of mental health problems. Mm. I had no history of mental health problems. And yeah. the kicker is all they needed to do was a blood test. All they needed to do <sighs> was a blood test and they would have seen the antibodies. If they couldn't have done that, they could have done a lumbar puncture. There were so so many tests would have indicated that that's what it was. But because I was a young woman, because I was at uni, straight away it's maybe she takes drugs or mental mm-hmm. breakdown. Mm-hmm. They didn't bother and, you know, Something that I've learned, I mean, I don't know if you guys can maybe see, I have my zebra print skirt on, but also I have, maybe I have to angle that down, my leg is actually zebra print. And the reason is that in medicine, 
medical students are taught when you hear hoof beats, think horse, not zebra. And what that translates to is if you see symptoms of something, assume it's the most obvious thing. So assume mm-hmm. it's the horse. So you see someone's personality's changed. Oh, they've had a mental breakdown. But mm-hmm. what that doesn't account for is the medical zebras, which are the rare diseases, like which which I had. So, you know, yeah. when I had the opportunity to have a zebra print splint, you best believe I did. <laughs> yeah, girl. I mean, wow. what a fucking bounce back though. Like it, you've created you've turned such a negative such a horrible moment in your life and turned it into something that's that is magical is that you're bringing awareness out there and you're utilizing it you're you're turning those weaknesses into a giant strength i mean for anyone else out there that might have gone through something similar like can you give them advice on how you've got to where you are today yeah so i think something that's like mega mega important is if So any kind of story of someone overcoming adversity and, you know, some people like to phrase it as overcoming disability, which nobody ever does because, you know, I'm still disabled, Mm -hmm. is that you always have to remember when you see someone being presented to you as inspiration porn, remember that they didn't go from the day that the thing happened to the sparkly thing that you're seeing then. So this was not me. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. was not me for many, many years. There were... So at at first, I didn't think I would ever leave my parents' spare bedroom. I was in like a completely vegetative state. I really went through hell and back every step of the way trying to relearn things. There were so many times, like I even said to my grandparents, that I wished that I had never woken up on that hospital bed. Mm -hmm. And that's genuinely how I felt. And then again, when uh, sort of uh, navigating this new world of disability and inaccessibility and sort of being exposed to the massive flaws in the benefit system and the lack of help yeah. and uh, access for disabled people, you know, the, the years between when everything happened and probably only up to this year now were the most depressed I've ever been. And um, in life, you get like these little turning points that can change the direction that you're going and can change the way that you think. And I remember... So I actually managed to go back to university, believe it or not, and I graduated. Wow. And I graduated with the same grade that I was getting before I had the brain disease. So I don't know if I just Amazing. wasn't trying before. Or... <laughs> no. <laughs> but I remember it was it was hell, like hell, trying to write dissertation, trying to do anything with a brain injury that was so fresh. You know, university is difficult for anyone, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know how I did that. Um, I don't know I how you did it. One, one day when I was I was having such such a hard time at uni. So when I was at uni, I did not leave my bedroom the whole time. They put all my lectures online because I just I just couldn't cope. And I remember one day I so I became part of lots of like Facebook groups of survivors and their friends and families on uh, yeah on Facebook. And every single day you would log in and you would see someone else had lost their life. Someone else's family member had lost their wow. life to encephalitis. And every time you'd see it, it would be like it would be like the grief all over again because when you go through something like that you do have to grieve the person Mm -hmm. you were before but I remember one morning in particular when I was having this awful week I woke up and uh, a man had posted that his fiance age 21 had passed away and I think because it was the same age as me Mm -hmm. and it was a girl like I just I could not stop crying I cried the whole day just laid in bed crying and then 
that evening I sat up and I just thought, Lucy, what are you actually doing right now? Like, what are you actually doing? What would that girl, what would that girl's fiance, her family and her friends give to have this second chance at life that you've got? and you are, you're terrified of everything. You won't go anywhere by yourself. You'll barely go anywhere at all, but you've been given such a gift and you still have your voice when this girl and so many others are losing their voice or every day to encephalitis. And you've, you've got this little platform going, you've got this little way that you can spread a message and yeah. what's now stopping you from just shouting from the rooftops every, every day you can to try and stop one person from going through what they've been through or even what you've been mm -hmm. through. And then after that day, literally every, every time opportunity knocked, I will, I'm ready, I'm there, I'll shout anywhere. And I know people in my real life maybe are sick of hearing about encephalitis, but I literally do not care. I do not <laughs> yeah. care because how else are people gonna know? If, if me and my family had known the word encephalitis, good God, it would have been a different story. Yeah. yeah, of course. And it, it's it's amazing as well, like social media can be such a negative um, place. <laughs> and the fact that you can use it and like use it for like spreading awareness, like, you know, all the kind of positivity, positivity and knowledge that you do put out there. It's amazing. I think like there are so many, like, there's two different sides to social media, isn't there? Like Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. as a woman, especially being a woman who presents herself as fun, sexy, bubbly, I'm gonna mm -hmm. dress the way that I want. You must get fucking hell for it. Yeah, million percent. Um, I, <laughs> you know, this this is the really interesting thing is that, so if, if I, if someone told the story I've just told you, yeah, but you couldn't see them, versus if I tell the story and you can see what I look like mm -hmm. and you put it both on the Daily Mail uh, or other newspapers are available and read the comments, <laughs> you will get to, <laughs> entirely different takes so i'm just the other week some big facebook page whatever made a compilation of all my tiktoks about encephalitis yeah. and i watched it and i thought this is brilliant what a fantastic thing for awareness and then i read the comments <laughs> and oh. people purely because of how i looked it was attention seeker pass me the world's smallest violin and all this like misogynistic oh horrible stuff god and what? what are you actually talking about? Like, what do you actually mean? I am doing nothing but trying to help you if this ever comes to your doorstep, if this is ever your family, if this is ever your daughter. I am honestly doing nothing but trying to help. Yeah. But because, well, because I've got big boobs and blonde hair, I'm an attention seeker. I am a seeking attention. I'm seeking attention for a very important cause. And there's <laughs> and also I'm nothing wrong with seeking tips means clicks if it means getting cleavage out i'll do it if that makes you if that's the only thing that'll get you to listen and by the way if i'm coming up on your for you page that's your algorithm on that's what you've been you, looking at this is something that i've noticed as well like on social media and i'm sure that you both have as well that like if you put a picture up and you're in clothes or whether it's not that Looking sexy normal. Mm -hmm. like not like hardly anyone people hardly anyone will like it but if you put like a sexy lingerie pickup but it's not just men that like it it's all your female Women followers as well. yeah, that like sure. it as well For and sure. instagram pushes it up so you know what like if you do have to put like sexy photos in lingerie mm -hmm. up like yes it's empowering and i think it's really important for women yeah. to see other women out there 
being like proud of their bodies and Definitely. proud of their sexuality. There's, there's absolutely no shame in my mm. game. If I've got a message that I want to get out, I know what will make people click it and know I know what I won't what won't. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot worse things you could be trying to do with your social media than what I'm trying to do. So, you know, exactly. it doesn't it doesn't hurt my I mean, feelings. <laughs> even yeah. even not even including a message. You know what? If you just wanted to put sexy fucking yeah. photos up yeah. and just be you because that's what makes you feel good, that's what empowers you. Yeah. We should fucking be able to do it without discrimination without those horrible nasty comments and it's uh, it just I think it just it's people projecting right it's people projecting their worries their fears and uh, we just we need to change it we need to normalise it especially if you have a message that you just want to push out there just before Christmas uh, my partner took me on a date and where I lived there was this great big uh, like Christmas photo drop background like lights and everything and we had lovely evening and everything and he took we were we were outside these lights because there was like a group of people before us and a group of people after us everyone gets photos there all the time Mm. so he took about i think he took six photos of me for about i think about one minute 40 seconds we were there didn't think anything of it got home that evening and on the i won't say where i live but the city problems facebook page someone had hung out their window taken pictures of him taking pictures of me and the caption was something like just saw this fella take 800 pictures of his missus poor bloke patience of a saint and again it's that it's that you didn't take pictures of the family before you didn't take pictures of the men after it's the silly woman silly woman in the silly dress and the silly coat with the silly hair can't enjoy anything like are we not beyond the point of just making women feel embarrassed for just enjoying something and you yeah. know my partner could have very well said lucy please kind of take a picture of you there you look really lovely you yeah know, maybe these people just don't have love in their life where they don't know that that kind of thing can happen too but it was just that i had i had to be the one who was mocked because yeah. heaven forbid i put makeup and a nice dress on and wanted pictures in front of a photo backdrop i'm trying to think of like the the gender reverse so like say if some say if a bloke went through the exact same thing as you and they now have a platform and every single photo they're putting up like you know like their bodies out chest yeah. out they're looking good they're trying on clothes that would be completely differently received yeah. than to well, what you get and it just blows my mind yeah. that's like sexism to the fucking nines like why why are we still like this it's still happening yeah one of my one of my friends i don't know if you have both watched such sex education yes so one of my friends george plays isaac in sex education he's amazing and again so the topic is sex the thing's all about sex and if if his his performance has been nothing but praise, which a million percent it should. He's fantastic. Yeah. He is fantastic. But can you imagine if it was <laughs> it was me doing something yeah. sexy, anything sexy, even this? We'll get. <laughs> mm. Where, where yeah, does this all come from? Why is it like this? Is it just porn, or is it like all the systemic misogynistic shit mm. that we've gone through for years and years, thousands, well, centuries it's, it's of years? Of, I feel like it's also. It's just objectification, really, yeah. isn't it? Of mm-hmm. of women. I think, and it's I think still... for disabled people, it, it's it can be yeah. two really polar opposite things. Where either disabled people, disabled women are infantilized so much that a lot of people think disabled people don't have sex. That's just a fact, and I think mm-hmm. that comes from a lack of education around uh, disabled yeah. sex education and everything. 
or the opposite is disabled people, disabled women are really hyper-sexualized and fetishized and that yes. is equally as problematic. Unless you're unless you're happy and open and want consenting to being uh, the subject of a fetish, there's, there's especially in uh, women who are amputees, I know the, the mm-hmm. stuff that obviously I do as well, people get online is like horrific and something, <sighs> something that I find really interesting that I get all the time is perfect woman you can't run away from me or you'll need two walking sticks by the time i'm i'm done with you just say you're a predator like people are so openly confident to say rapey predatory things to disabled people and i don't know if again it's because society sees us as lesser and like an inconvenience a burden so it's okay to be disgusting and say something like that to a disabled person and nothing will nothing will happen to your account nothing will happen to you people will laugh but it's not funny yeah yeah, that is fuck. not funny. That's unbelievable. Wow, that's mad. That's a like, woman what? can't run away from me. What are, you, what are you actually saying? Because I know what you're saying, but I can't believe that that is what you're saying. Yeah, it kind of, it's mind blowing. Like the actually, that people, people think that those things are okay to say. Yeah. Wow. What, changing the subject slightly. What um what has been your process for like? gaining your kind of like the confidence that you have on social media and like getting back in touch with your body as well and being able to be like, you know, proud. sexual, sexy being, fuck. (laughs) So uh, after everything that happened, I completely lost my way with uh, how I I felt about myself, my body and everything. I was, I like, I struggled a lot with weight and everything. Not that that's got anything to do with um, like how, how you actually if you're sexy or not, but it was just how mm-hmm. I felt because I, I just couldn't make any effort with my look or exercise, anything, yeah. food, because I was so ill. Mm-hmm. And it was more that my body had changed so much that I just I just didn't even recognize the person that I was looking at anymore. I just didn't feel like myself. But I remember, um, well, even since before I was disabled, before everything happened, um, I'd always had I call them wampers, bigger wampers, because, you know. <laughs> oh, you have <laughs> Again, a series on Instagram about will it, will it womp, right? Yeah. Will it yeah. womp? Um, mm. I'd always had larger wampers. And so I, <laughs> since 13, I remember when I was 13, 14, my Facebook account got hacked and it was some dark web thing. They took all my pictures of me in school uniform and posted them on all the forums everywhere. Since what that, the fuck? I yeah. Since that, I the internet has been a scary place, and yeah. the, the scary thing is that the people that do it want you to be scared. They want you. Yeah, to they do. Worried. Um, so, so it was that was I never used to really uh, go out showing boobies, showing any figure or anything because I was I felt self conscious because of all of that, mm-hmm. which I should yeah. not. But after everything that happened, it was kind of just this realization that I'd already gone through the worst thing possible. So mm-hmm. what was going to happen next? What was going to happen if I didn't just do whatever I felt or just, like I said earlier, take every opportunity? And that's that's kind of where I got my confidence from. Yeah. And in embracing my disability and my disabled body, that kind of also meant embracing every part of myself. And um, yeah, the, the first time I ever worked with a brand, um it was a fuller bus brand playful promises sent me some sets and i remember i was so scared the first time i ever posted uh in lingerie mainly because of what people that i knew would think not not so much like you know the random um Mm. and the response was just wow and then someone said to me 
maybe a year down the line, like it, they messaged me and said, thank you so much for reminding me that disabled and sexy are not two mutually exclusive terms. And that was something that really stuck with me. And then I found uh, someone yeah. in the disabled community years before maybe had created this hashtag disabled and sexy. And I thought mm -hmm. that was so awesome. And also there's like babes with mobility aids and just all about reclaiming the idea that yes, be disabled, be, proud to be disabled don't ever dull that side down of yourself don't ever let people say to you oh well i don't see you as disabled because that's a huge part of your identity but also be whatever you else what else you want as well because your disability doesn't negate any other thing that you can be so sexy yeah. beautiful clever anything you want to be and yeah. then um yeah so i sort of became involved more in the fuller bus community and then just recently maybe the last year uh when i just started womping all over the place <laughs> with the womp yes. I, I realized on social media you would see these like trending clothes these viral clothes constantly on the same body and you know social media is a lot of copy and paste everywhere mm -hmm. um and as well as increasing the representation of disability i realized well at least you have got these massive ripe juicy melons and <laughs> i want to see how that top which looks impossible would look on your melons so i just started um finding whichever viral clothes are wearing and put in a series called hashtag will it womp to see if it womped and the people love it they can't get yeah. <laughs> we do love it it's beautiful especially because it's like again tits are amazing your tits are beautiful yeah. i want to see your tits being happy and like, i want them i want them i want them I mean, like having their own show and it's yeah. it's just magical well i think and as well when people think about big big boobs it's it's always kind of sexualized rather than yeah. like yeah. actually seeing like you know people it's think practical. about like not having like tits as being like kind of negative and they're like everyone's one wants bigger tits but actually yeah. like there are like hardships that come with like having big yeah, boobs and that was that's something that i found that loads of people with large boobs feel like they constantly have to cover them up and just wear really mm -hmm. like bland boring clothing but they'll yeah. see like someone with a smaller chest wear something so cute and be like i wish i could wear that and i'm like you can let yeah. me show you <laughs> yeah it's about oh. marketing right it's about finding your niche finding the thing that makes you feel good or that's unique about you and marketing it as best as possible whether or not yeah. that's that's your wampers or whether or not that's yeah uh, your your sexuality, the fact that you go to sex parties, the fact that you, I don't know, I'm, I'm talking about sex here because that's just what Florence and I do. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, what else do people do that isn't but sex related? Do you, do you know what? So I'm signed with a modeling agency and something that I kept hearing towards the start when I didn't have such a platform or whatever was, no brand will work with you because of the way you present yourself. No one will ever take Fuck. your story seriously. No one will ever relate to you or be inspired by you because of the way you look, because of the way... And fuck that i will fuck i will that. look there's the sexiest thing known to man and yes. if you can't also understand what a horrific time i've had and what a message i have to share then that's your loss mate like that's yeah <laughs> but i know loads of brands will avoid me like the plague because literally just because i've got big tits and that that makes me so it's cross they all know sex sells and they'll use very slim models in tiny little pieces and everything. Sex sells, but disability and sex, no, too far. Could never do that. And that, 
Oh. <laughs> but it's, it's changing though it's changing for the future we've got a long way to go but we're getting yes. there slowly but, yeah, but surely because of people like you having these conversations <laughs> right that's why it's so important to have these conversations and like keep doing what you do because you're putting such an amazing message out there and I, you you are probably helping so many people like so <laughs> much more than you even know as well and just yeah. owning it and um, yeah we, we love that we really we love really it love we love that. you and you just got to keep making your incredible content and helping loads of people feel sexy and amazing yeah <laughs> i'm aware of the time and like unfortunately yeah. we have a little bit less time than usual with you but what um where can our curious fuckers find you to get more of your juicy stuff um, so Instagram, my ads are so outdated, but I can't change them now. It's too late in the game. So it's <laughs> Ludor, L-U-U-U-D-A-W, or TikTok, Twitter, it's Ludor in the sky with only one U. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. It's been you. such Sorry a pleasure. It has been. Thank you. Um, and of course, curious fuckers, I hope you like this episode. Please give us a thumbs up or share this episode wide and pride to any wide and pride. Wide, wide and proud. <laughs> wide and, and if pride. You wide and proud. Always ask for them to have me back. Exactly. Yes. 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 Exactly. Please uh, vote. Vote to have her back because I feel like we can talk <laughs> vote. forever. Vote. Uh, um, I feel like we could talk to you about so many good things. You have such good insight. And yeah. We've you, you only got a, just got a beautiful brain. touched the surface, <laughs> yes. I feel. But yeah, remember to rate, subscribe to this podcast, leave us a review and follow us on our social media at Come Curious to get involved with future upcoming episodes. And we will see you next Thursday, Curious Fuckers. See you next Thursday and buy our merch, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.